Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for listening in. So today is an unapologetic call to everyone, to you and to me, to be aware of the people God has put in our lives who need one-on-one attention. Much of what you have learned and experienced in your life is about much more than just how those things shaped your life. Today, we are calling all mentors. We are asking each and every person to find that one-on-one connection, that person in your life, probably someone younger than you, probably someone close to you, who is absolutely in need of guidance, but maybe just doesn't know how to ask or doesn't know who to ask. A lot of times when we think about mentorship, we think about it on a professional level, someone who is licensed or hired or set up by someone else to fulfill a role. Or we think of it in terms of professional roles, like a preacher needing a mentor to help him grow in that field. One of the first ideas I want to seed in you today is that mentorship is far more broad than that and inclusive. When we are calling all mentors today, in essence, what I'm doing is calling everyone a mentor, or at least calling everyone to make the necessary personal changes to position yourself to mentor and guide someone else. The word mentor, by the way, simply means an experienced or trusted advisor. And again, when you strip away all of the official or professional concepts related to that, that's you. You are experienced. Notice, it doesn't say an expert. It certainly doesn't say someone who has perfected something. It's just saying that you have real-world knowledge on something important that someone else around you does not have. Again, perhaps because they're younger. You're the older brother, they're the younger brother. You are the parent they are your child. You are a member of a local church, and you've been married for 25 years, and there are other couples there who've been married for far less. You are a college student in your third year, and there are some freshmen who just showed up who've never lived anywhere outside of their parents' home. Now, being a mentor is not just having experience. It also means being a trusted advisor, and this is why I opened with this idea of it being someone who is near you. These are people already in your life, Maybe you live in the same house with them. Maybe you see them every day at work or three times a week at a church building. You know that you've experienced things that they need to hear about. And especially in a case where they trust you and you can easily identify that they could use that help. What I'm saying to you today is that God is calling you to engage in that work. I know this isn't you, but in every family, In every church, I guess in every environment, there are older people who look down upon the younger people. They consider them immature. They watch them make mistakes. They lament the way things used to be. 
They wish someone would step in there and help those kids. They wish the preacher would get out of his office and go help that young couple with their marriage or their finances. There are just far too many people who see what needs to be done and can help, but don't. As we move through the episode today, I want to give you some advice on how that mentoring can work and maybe a few questions to get you started. But let me flesh out the rest of this. To be a mentor is an experienced or trusted advisor. And an advisor is simply a person who helps and gives guidance. I hope you hear that and think, that's me. I can help. I can give guidance. There are people who trust me, and I have experience. From a biblical standpoint, there is a call for so much more of this in the Lord's church. Yes, parents becoming mentors for their own children, and we will touch on that today. And certainly within the family, it would be great if older brothers and sisters listening to this episode engaged as a support and guide for your younger siblings. But from a church standpoint, I was reading in the book of Titus recently. In fact, I was doing a sermon on what soundness is. What is sound doctrine? In Titus 2, listen carefully. Sound doctrine is this. Older men live faithful lives and get involved to help younger men do the same. Soundness in faith is older women living temperate, disciplined lives and helping younger women to do exactly that, to be great wives and mothers. I'm a little off topic here, but I wonder sometimes if the idea of holiness and rightness and soundness is misplaced. We sometimes tie that to certain collective church issues, which are certainly worthy to discuss, but in the text, it's about you, a Christian, connecting yourself to those with less experience than you to help them through difficulties in this life, things you've already wrestled with and been through yourself. Gentlemen need to understand that standing for the truth is not just an issue-related venture. It is being a man of humility and faithfulness and reaching out selflessly and purposefully to the men around you who not only trust you, they need you. I just don't think there's enough emphasis on the need for this in families and in the church, and I hope today's episode helps. This really got fired up in me after a podcast interview I was a part of recently. Let me take a second and plug that podcast. It's called The Citizen of Heaven by Hal Hammonds. He interviewed Terry Francis and myself on the topic of coaching and mentorship and helping to develop spirituality in the next generation. We talked about a ton of different things. It became a two-parter. I know part one came out last week, and I think part two drops tomorrow. So I'll put a link in the show notes to get you to the Citizen of Heaven podcast, and I hope you check it out. After that recording, I reached out to Terry Francis because he had mentioned something they were doing at the church there in Alabama, and I wanted to know more about that. And he mentioned how they get all of the teens and college students together, and they have them write down names on a piece of paper, members of the church where they worship, who they would love to have as their mentor. And then Terry and some others take that information to those people in the church and ask them if they would agree to do this. They actually have some stipulations, like texting or calling every week, maybe taking them out for lunch once a month just to check on things. I think that is an incredible idea, and I hope we can do it here. 
but I was reading some of what Terry was writing to me, and I was thinking, shouldn't we be all doing this already? And to be clear and optimistic, there are a lot of people who already do these things. I think I mentioned to you a couple of years ago, my daughter was engaged to get married, and I asked her about some pre-marriage counseling, and she says, Dad, we are already meeting with two different couples at church each week, working through some things. That was one of the most encouraging things I've ever heard, that that was already taking place. And that may be you, and I pray that it is. But if not, it probably needs to be you, and me, and at some point, everyone. On a very practical level, I want to ask you to just write down a few names of people or couples, people you believe you can help, people who know you, and then make a plan to try to engage them in some hospitable way to start a conversation. And don't be afraid in that conversation to say, hey, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and I realized maybe I have a little bit of experience that could be a benefit to you, and I just want you to know that I'm here to help. Would you be willing to have regular conversations with me? Or do you trust me enough to ask open and honest questions? I just want you to know that I'm here to help, and I want to help. I really have this strong belief that a great many of those people we can reach out to have already been praying for help. They've been confused or making the same mistakes over and over. They've been asking God for guidance, praying for direction. In that way, you are more than just a mentor to them or a guidance counselor. You are an answered prayer. You are a gift from God. So I want to talk a little bit about how this works and a couple of things that are vital in order for it to be productive. To help with that, let me back up a minute and just talk about parenting. That is probably the most fundamental and common mentorship relationship that we see. I don't know about you, but I want to get that right. And I've probably said this in a previous episode, but I now have a 21-year-old and an 18-year-old and a couple of younger ones. And when those older ones were in the 10 to 12 range, I was asking everyone I could find how to raise faithful kids. I was seeking mentorship and guidance. So every time I would go preach a gospel meeting, I would try to identify a couple of families that looked like they were doing it right. They had raised faithful children. And I would just ask them, how do I do that? It's the thing I want most in this life. I can't remember how many conversations I had. At least a couple of dozen. And I learned a lot, and I'm really thankful. And maybe now is a time to pause a moment and say, if you need a mentor, if there's someone you trust who can help you, please go ask for help. But in this case, I was looking for tips to help me mentor my own kids. And when I put all of the answers together, two things stood out common in almost all of those situations. I'm not saying these are required to raise faithful children, nor am I saying it represents a 100% guarantee, but it is wisdom based on experience and results. Number one, the father in that family must love God. Not just go to church, but love to go to church. He must be a man who reads his Bible because he loves God's word. It cannot be fake It cannot be hollow. It has to be real. He doesn't have to have Bible studies three times a day with his kids. I think a lot of people think that's what preachers do. This one doesn't. 
We don't make our kids quote Psalm 119 in its entirety before they can have dinner. But what I do strive to do is be a real Christian who genuinely loves and trusts and worships God. And I think that's the first step towards good mentorship, genuine character and faith by the one who is doing the advising. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be an overachiever. But it does have to be a passion in your life that is real. Don't counsel a young couple on a better marriage unless you love your spouse. Don't help someone overcome pornography unless you are passionate about purity in your own heart. Hypocrisy and the old do as I say, not as I do, that is terrible leadership in any environment. Because you're not just sharing with them your experiences and your mistakes and the turns they should make. You are talking to someone who is special to you about something that is special to you. And the people you're trying to help will be drawn to your integrity. They'll fall in love with it. And it will mean a lot more to them than the level of your expertise or the perfection of all of your advice. So anyway, there were two things. One is a father in the home must genuinely have a passion for the Lord. And the second thing was this, especially as kids get into the junior high age, that child must have a 100% transparent relationship with at least one of their parents. Usually it's mom, maybe sometimes it's dad. But that relationship has to be developed in a way where that child is willing to share everything. If they get in trouble, they tell their parent. If something awesome happens, they tell their parent. If they don't know what to do, they ask that parent. They're not worried about being crushed for their mistakes. They know it is a healthy and safe environment to help bring a better outcome. When our young people begin building secret lives, making decisions hidden from their parents, that creates a divergent track that is very difficult to control or repair. So if you are a parent listening today, do everything in your power to triumph honesty and reward it with your kids. Make sure they know that if they are fully transparent with you, you will be merciful and kind to them. And as a parent, I have told my kids, the one thing that can keep us from getting through anything is if you begin to hide something. We, as mom and dad, will try to make it easy for you to be honest. And your honesty is what we seek in return. So a second thing I would say about mentoring is that it requires transparency, at least in one direction. The one who is seeking help and needing help must share every pertinent thing with the person that they hope will help them. Certainly, it would seem more fitting to put that in an episode addressed to kids about honoring their parents or to those who need mentoring about how to make it work. But today, I'm calling all mentors, you and me. If you're a mom or a dad, a big brother, an experienced college student, an older person at your local church, explain the need for transparency and make it easy for them to be honest. You may not always hear what you want to hear. They will not always do as you advised. Mistakes will be made. In some constructs like parenting, discipline will be required. But just remember, if you guide them in such a way that crushes their spirit and makes them feel like they have to hide their failures, that lack of transparency will do you in, or more critically, could do them in. 
So there are a couple of things here I need to do at the end, but to bring all of this together, just understand that when we're calling all mentors, we're probably calling you. You probably already know who God is calling you to help. You don't have to wait until you know a hundred more things, but you do have to be a hundred percent all in. A person who loves God, seeks to serve God, wants to help this person, and knows that you can. Then you approach them with kindness and openness and active interest. You discuss with them the power of honesty, and you help them see the light that can be found when they stop hiding things. And let me say, just to wrap up this idea being sourced in parenting, you don't have an option here. This is what we're in it for, to help these young people grow up to know and serve God and live productive lives. If you have kids or grandkids anywhere between, I don't know, four and 14, lead with the example of a true love for God and build a relationship with them where they feel like they can tell you anything. Because very often that sets the table for years to come. But again, outside of that, there is so much of that needed in the church and among our friends and family. And for you today, when this episode is over, it might start because you already know someone who needs help and it's time to engage. That is a terrific reason to get started and you send me their name and yours and I will pray about that. But if there isn't some glaring case in front of you, weeks may pass without any real change. So I want to give you three questions at the end that I believe can help. Number one, What are your natural gifts and passions? What are some things in your life you are ultra passionate about and have learned to succeed in? Maybe it's having a great home life or studying the word of God or managing your finances or healing your body. Question two, who do you know in your life, probably someone younger than you, who is struggling in that area and might be looking for help? You might say, well, I don't know if they're looking for help or not. I understand that, but let's address what we know. This is something you have learned to succeed in. This is something they seem to clearly need help with, and you should assume that God is trying to get that help to them. And then question three, what are you waiting for? I mentioned to you earlier, maybe you could write down two or three names. Pray about those people and then ask God, God, is this why you brought me through all of these things? I know this person is someone that you love. Will you open the door for me to do your work and to love and serve and counsel this wonderful person? But be ready because chances are that door is already open and God is standing there beside it, calling all mentors. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.